Warning, what you are about to hear is not for the faint-hearted. This is their cue to stop listening. It's time to stop giving a fuck about offending every retarded cocksucker and little bitch pussy. For every asshole twat and chode, the cunts of America will continue to make jokes with the freedom bestowed upon us by the First Amendment. We will no longer be afraid to piss off the woke bastards. In the words of the great Joan Rivers, just lighten the fuck up. These are just jokes, you assholes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Get Cancelled. If you don't already know, I am your host, Cheryl Scott. I want to start by thanking my listeners as this podcast has continued to grow. I really appreciate your support and I appreciate your feedback and interest in the show. And for those of you who are new and maybe just discovering it for the first time, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and share. Yes, share this podcast with your friends or maybe your enemies. Basically anyone who is in the mindset of bringing common sense back to this narcissistic world that we find ourselves in. All right. Business aside, let's get down to the fun stuff. I'm doing things a little bit different today. As you might be able to tell, I'm solo. I've got nobody in the studio because I have some thoughts. I've noticed some things happening. The phrase that comes to mind is, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And one caveat of that that I want to dive into today is this idea of toxic masculinity coupled with the Me Too movement. Now, women have been basically treated as objects and sexualized and, you know, all the things that comes with having tits and a vagina that, uh, you know, the trans men just don't really know about. Just kidding. Um, Trans women, it's confusing. But I will say the, the Me Too movement was something that was very important and very meaningful for a lot of women because... I know and I can speak from my personal experience of having to deal with the offhanded comments and touches and advances in a way that maybe men weren't realizing that they were crossing a boundary. The Me Too movement was even bigger where women finally got to speak out and accuse these disgusting rapists and calling them out for what they really are. Men who are abusing their power and belittling and making women feel so small and helpless and insignificant that they had to just shut up for fear of losing their job or being called a slut, a homewrecker, whatever, being persecuted in society when they hadn't done anything wrong. So yes, I think that the Me Too movement was very important and I think this idea of toxic masculinity is very valid. That being said, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> we've gone off the deep end just a little bit. Even during the Me Too movement, things got blurry and it was this idea, believe all women, men must be guilty. If a woman is going to accuse, they would never do that unless it really happened to them. Uh, for the most part, I would say most women who do accuse someone, they do it because it actually happened. But we cannot view everyone the same because we aren't. And there's different motivations and there's different psychological characteristics and personality traits that can cause someone to lie and manipulate certain situations to benefit themselves. And it's very sad because it does take away from the people who actually went through horrific rapes and other such things. So, you know, we need to still have our due process and we can't just assume that these men are guilty, especially in college campuses when it's so difficult. You're 18 to 21. 
you're on your own for the first time, you're figuring things out, alcohol is involved, peer pressure, all of these things that can be very challenging for young kids to navigate and they can make some poor choices. Men could be just as drunk as the women and what do we have here? We're blaming the man because what, he can stick it in the vagina? So it's very complicated, and I think that this was able to start a conversation. However, the conversation quickly became a crucifixion. Just assuming they were guilty without any sort of fair assessment or investigation as to what really went down. As a result of this, what I'm noticing is men living in fear of being called rapey or a predator, to be me too'd and to come across in any sort of toxic masculine type of demeanor. As a result, men are not comfortable being men. There's a biological component to how men are and how women are. Men are hunters. They want to spread their seed. They like the chase of finding their mate and attracting their mate. And there's a nuance to that, a very delicate nuance. And as teens and early in your adulthood, as these people try to navigate that through their interactions and learn what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate, we've taken away space for mistakes. So now we just turn and point like, this man complimented my shirt. That's disgusting. That's sexual discrimination. How dare they comment on my shirt? Or how dare they say that I look nice today? We can't read other people's minds. And I say this all the time. There's no way to know how somebody else is going to react to how we engage with them and how we interact with them. So we have to be mindful of that. If something is uncomfortable, we also need to teach our young girls as they become women to voice it and speak up and say, I'm not comfortable with this. Thank you for the compliment. I would rather you not in the future give me any compliments. It just doesn't make me feel comfortable at the workplace. And just kind of leave it at that if that's something that makes you uncomfortable. Because now men who in the past, if they're trying to be nice, Maybe their way of being nice is to give a compliment, and now that compliment is being interpreted as harassment. Now this guy's getting called into HR, he's getting fired, he's getting put on probation, all because of a miscommunication. That's just something that I think we need to keep in mind as we move forward. Toxic masculinity. There is a real threat for men, yeah, I'm saying it, a threat for men to be labeled as toxically masculine or a predator, all of those things. So what I'm starting to notice now is they've stopped. They've stopped being men. They've stopped talking to women. They've stopped introducing themselves. They've stopped opening a door. They've just stopped because the fear and threat is there that their actions are going to be misconstrued. We have also funneled everyone to the virtual world. Everyone is on their devices, social media, dating apps. Things have become very virtual, and that's not an authentic way of how people interact with one another. I would argue that any sort of interaction that you have through an app, it's all fake. It's all bullshit. I mean, we're really starting to pull that curtain back and see how manipulated and how phony everything is. All the stories about people being catfished. We're really starting to see that. So COVID happened. And we doubled down. We doubled down and we told everyone to stay inside and only interact with people virtually. 
I have my own thoughts about the lockdowns. That's not what this episode is about today. But I do think it's important to talk about the unintended consequence that these lockdowns have had on young individuals. Today, I'm just going to talk about men. We go through developmental milestones, and adolescence is a really important time where men are figuring out, women too, where everyone is figuring out how to socially interact, what's appropriate behavior, what isn't. And there is a nuance to that. The isolation that has happened as a result of people just sort of staying in on their video games, right? Like guys are playing video games. They're not interacting maybe after school. Who goes to the mall anymore? Anybody? No. Malls are closing down left and right. If you're a mall and you're still standing, you better believe a smash and grab is coming your way. But I digress. We have not encouraged young kids to learn how to socialize. They're playing video games. And maybe they're going to be in the same room playing video games. That's even like one step above what I'm talking about. But most of the time, they're not even in the same room. They're in different households playing video games. But even if they are in the same room, they're not looking at each other. They're sort of bonding, but not with the opposite sex. They're not figuring out how to deal with women. Because as much as society doesn't want to believe it, or they seemingly don't want to believe it, there is a difference between men and women and that's okay. There is a developmental milestone that a whole generation has basically been robbed of, and we're continuing to see the effects of that. We're seeing a decline in dating, decline in relationships, decline in marriage, decline in children. I am one of the decline. (laughs) I am not married, and I have no children. But I do know how to socialize. I do know how to date. I do know how to interact with people. It's uncomfortable. It's fucking uncomfortable. No one thinks that there isn't a process of discomfort, but you know what? That's how you grow and that's how you learn. You learn and you push through that discomfort and that's how you figure things out. Men don't quite know what women want anymore. Not that they really ever did. You know, I mean, everybody's different. We all have our own brains. We all want different things. But there's this general idea that we're women. We can do it all. Fuck you. Don't open the door. Get out of my way. I'm a boss bitch. Whatever. All that stuff is fine, but we have definitely pushed guys to be in a corner. And what I'm hearing through the grapevine is a lot of women, they're coming up and they're sharing their thoughts with me and they're talking to me and they're like, where are all the guys? Guys used to ask me out on dates, but that doesn't happen anymore. Even if you think about social media or the apps, right? Like he slid into my DMs, whatever, or I'm swiping on Tinder and Bumble. There's an oversaturation of images, Side note of how superficial these dating apps are anyway because you're just looking at someone's picture. That's a whole other story. But there is just a constant bombardment of image after image after image. So this idea that the men need to hunt to find their mate doesn't really apply anymore. Another thing that men are struggling with is, again, what does the woman want from me? If I'm out to dinner with friends and I see this cute girl across the way, is she going to blow her rape whistle at me if I go over to say hello? This fear, this idea that they're going to be stigmatized as toxic, rapey, as a predator is very real. And so what is the easy solution? They're pulling back. They're disengaging. They're like, "Mm, that's too much trouble. It's too complicated. It's too difficult. But you know what they do like? They're going to their porn. Because when you have porn and you have a hand or two, sometimes that's easier than dealing with trying to date, mingle, and meet women and learn how to have relationships with the opposite sex. 
we're seeing such a crazy rise in the type of pornography. It's very intense, some of this pornography. Very degrading toward women. It's like, I'm going to spit on you, and I'm going to stick everything in every hole and chain you up, and I'm going to shove my cock in your throat till you're crying because you can't breathe. Um, I would say most women don't want a cock shoved down their throat like that. And if they're doing it, they're probably just doing it for you because we do want to please our man. That being said, there's so much pornography. There's such a variety of pornography. And in general, we're encouraging people to live virtually. Live through your phone, live through your computer, your iPad, whatever it is. You can engage that way at a distance where it's safe. Safe. All about safety. Nothing bad's going to happen to me if I just watch porn and jerk myself off. No one's going to call me anything because I'm in my home, on a screen, not talking to women, and therefore I couldn't have done anything wrong because I'm just in my house. So much pornography. So much. It's wild. I, I really, I, I don't even know how people make money being porn stars anymore. There's such an oversaturation. I mean, I guess that's why OnlyFans started. Um, there's also reports coming out how pornography is being exposed at a younger and younger age. The average boy is age nine when he first stumbles across pornography. The difference between now and 20 years ago is the type of pornography that was stumbled across by a young boy. It was a playboy. It was a boob. A picture. Now it's graphic, intense stuff that's really hard for young kids to even process what they're seeing. We don't even know the effects of this pornography on the developing brain. What kind of kinks, what kind of weird shit guys are going to be into, and also what kind of cyclical behavior will happen. Maybe they just stay in their pornographic bubble. It's easier than dating a woman, because who the fuck knows what she wants? She's difficult. Porn is easy. If you're a fan of this show, you know that I'm a fan of Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew is unnecessarily controversial. It's very weird to me that he can be considered a controversial figure. I grew up listening to Loveline and have been a fan of his since I was in high school. And one thing that he mentioned that he's noticing is that more younger males are seeing prostitutes. There is a rise in these men having relationships with prostitutes. And this is something that he's never seen in 35 years. Now, it's not that men didn't go to prostitutes, but it's that more men and more younger men are going to prostitutes and are sharing about it, saying it's easier than trying to date in this world. This is sad to me. I think we've done such a destructive job. I mean, I don't even want to say like feminism. It's not even feminism. It's just this beast that has taken on a whole form of its own. And even the idea that women don't need men and men need to know their place. And it's just, it's enough. It's enough. Because now men are hiding. They're literally just hiding from us because they don't know what we want. They're afraid that we're going to yell at them. And now we have women. I have friends. I have friends that are like, no one will come up and ask me out on a date. Men will not interact with me anymore. It's just sad what we've done. I would also argue that women need to be women. Be a person that somebody would want to date. Going back to prostitutes. I wonder if this is also in part because there's been a lot of talk to not shame prostitution to say sex work is work. They're not prostitutes, they're sex workers. And it's okay to be a sex worker if that's what you want to be and that's what you want to do. So now men are going to prostitutes. 
They don't want to deal with women. They want to pay and either talk to some prostitute about anything who that prostitute's just going to smile and nod, or they're going to pay and nut all over some prostitute's tits. That's kind of where we're at. And with encouraging the acceptance of prostitution, I would argue that to encourage and to accept are two different things. A lot of what we're doing in terms of the acceptance, we need to accept and not shame these people. Accept them. Just accept them. In my opinion, acceptance is just live and let live and not be so judgy. Now it's almost like we're giving these accolades to sex working. If they want to do it, it's their choice and they should be proud and it's the oldest profession. Um, It's not an ideal profession. It's a very dangerous profession. It's not really that sustainable. I mean, I feel like there has to be an age limit for a prostitute. 50? 40? What do you think out there? (laughs) When are you too old to be a prostitute? I mean, I guess there's people that have their, like, grandma fetishes, so, you know, maybe there is no age limit. I mean, look, we got an 85-year-old running the country, so what the fuck do I know? But it is interesting, the idea that it's easier to be with prostitutes than to even try to be in a relationship. We're lonely. There's a lot of interpersonal unhappiness going on. Humans are meant to connect with one another, to live together, to form relationships. We're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to isolate. I mean, think about solitary confinement. It makes people go insane to be put in a room by themselves. I'm going to encourage everyone out there to put your phones down, go outside, walk around, Smile at the person as you cross by them. Say hello. Open a door. If it's a he, she, they, it, whatever the fuck. Be polite to people. Be kind. It's sad that we're looking for problems. We're looking to point our fingers at other people. Why? So we can feel vindicated in some way? Justified in our anger? Life is a fucking shit show. You have no idea where you're going to be born, what kind of life you're going to have. Everyone out there is really just trying to survive. When I see all of the nastiness that's happening, I just don't remember that from when I was growing up. And I really worry about the amount of stress that we're putting on this younger generation. I think there's something to allowing mistakes and not condemning the person who made the mistake. We've all gone too far. I feel like there isn't one of us who may not have felt like they were a little inappropriate or made a bad joke or whatever. And a lot of this happens when we're young. And then we get older and we have some perspective and we can reflect and maybe not continue in that same behavior. So we need to allow space for that. Otherwise, what kind of society are we leaving these future generations? I mean, they're going to be all in the fucking metaverse and we're going to be in our own little matrix that we have created ourselves. Because... It's easier to live in this fake world that we've created than the real world that's out there. 